0: Again, friends, and welcome on into episode 150, a landmark episode of the SCO show. And this one is a big one. Why? Because it's a glorious victory edition of the SCO show. The New England Patriots, on a nasty, miserable, disgusting night, come up with a win over the Baltimore Ravens by the final score of 23 17. An ugly night, a messy night. We're going to talk about the weather in a little bit but in the blink of an eye in the span of 8 days the New England Patriots have gone from a 2 and 5 team that many myself included in a sense kind of left for dead to a team that is now 4 and 5 and thanks to a loss by the Buffalo Bills in somewhat heartbreaking fashion if you're a Bills fan they're still kind of in the mix in the AFC East. As strange as that sounds, and we're going to talk about that as well. But but bef- but first, before anything else, before we dive into this game, the great, the good, the bad, the game balls, the takes of the game. Your usual cavalcade of reminders. Please do follow along with the hijinks at Mark Schofield on Twitter. Check out the work Matt Waldeman's rookie scouting portfolio. Not one, not two, but three different SB Nation websites. Big Blue View bleeding green nation and right here at Pat's pulpit and of course touchdown wire part of the USA Today wire network you will get some power rankings from me and the New England Patriots will be moving up might they get out of the 20s maybe I think it's appropriate to sort of start here with an old saw from Uncle Mark and anybody that's played football at any level has probably had that moment whether it was a Most likely, it was a practice. In fact, in all instances, it was a practice. It might have been an extremely hot day. It might have been an extremely cold day. It might have been an extremely wet and rainy and miserable day. But anybody that's played this sport has had that moment where in the back of their mind, or even joking amongst teammates, you think, I think the coaches can control the weather. And you know it's absurd. But believe me, when you're in the middle of the dog days of training camp, you're in the dog days of double sessions, and you've had three straight 98 degree days with nothing but brutal humidity, when you step outside at 4.50 in the morning to make that long walk from your dorm room to the athletic center, and you're already sweating when your feet hit the pavement, you have that thought in the back of your mind, man, the coaches can control the weather. I just know they can. This just isn't right. Especially when on those days, that perfect thunderstorm that can cool you off hits right at 6.15 when practice ends. At the end of that game, when the Baltimore Ravens had just one final drive with a minute five left, and suddenly the skies opened and it was like the final scene of Karate Kid Part 2 out there. I'm sure at least a couple of you in the back of your minds were thinking, man, Belichick cranked up the weather dial right at the opportune moment. Because that's what was going through my mind. Now, there's a lot of reasons why the New England Patriots won this game tonight. They were aggressive early when they needed to. They got themselves out to a big lead when they needed to. 13-10 at the half. Then they pushed it to 20 to 10, then 23 to 10. And as the weather wore on and they needed to work a little more clock, the conditions made it favorable and easier to do that. You know it wasn't the kind of conditions where you had to, where you would want to be throwing yourself back into a game, and that's what the Baltimore Ravens faced. So the weather did play a role, but their aggression early in this game certainly played a role. And if you need evidence of that fact, Look at New England's second touchdown of the game. Because with a minute and two seconds left in the first half, with the score 10-7 Baltimore, they dialed up perhaps a play that we all thought in the back of our minds was coming. The double sort of pass. This time, it's Jacoby Myers taking the lateral throw The backwards pass from Cam Newton and hitting Rex Burkhead on a wheel route out of the backfield to give the Patriots a lead going into halftime. It should have been 14-10, but it was 13-10 after the missed extra point. And they did that early in the game. And earlier in this night, earlier in the broadcast, Al Michaels, Chris Collinsworth talked about how Josh McDaniels said that because of the weather... You're going to see my good plays early. Well, they called it early. You're not calling that at the end of this game with the monsoon conditions. You can't do it. But they did it in a critical moment for a huge play. It was a great throw by Jacoby Myers, an even better route and adjustment and job by Rex Burkhead of creating separation. Watch that play again. The coverage is decent, but he uses the off arm. It's such a a nuanced bit of route running to use that off arm to maintain separation from the nearest defender, which he does, and it's a huge catch. And credit to Cam Newton, because if you watch that play, Newton sells the defense on he's going to be the the target, he's going to be the receiver. Throws up the arms, makes it look like he's going to be the target by Jacoby Myers, but instead he throws it to Burkhead downfield. So a great play call. I know people are probably going to quibble with some of the stuff in the second half when it looked like the Ravens were just going to throw the house on every single play. I'm sure some of you thought the way I was thinking. you got to go play action at some point on first down. You can't just let them sell out and stop the run and get yourself into second and ten. But credit to Josh McDaniels for that game plan particularly early credit to this offensive line this run game for executing that game plan they've got something in damian harris that kid is a tough tough runner but he has burst too for many people he might be what you thought you were getting in sony michelle 22 carries for 121 yards and perhaps most importantly on a night like tonight didn't put the ball on the turf You know, you're thinking rookie running back, big spot, defense that's trying to make a play. He might put the ball on the turf. He might lay it down. Didn't do it. Cam Newton, 13 of 17 for 118 and a touchdown. Got the touchdown early. But more importantly, third straight game now with no interceptions. And that's probably the biggest thing to take away from this game. On a night like this, when you could have had mistakes, miscues, and things like that, didn't make a mistake. And I talked about this after the Jets game. But coming out of the San Francisco loss and the concern about Newton, whether he would be benched, the past three weeks, two of them rain, raw, messy kind of nights or afternoons in the Buffalo case. Over those three weeks, this is now what Cam Newton has done. 55 of 77 for 566, one touchdown, no interceptions. 30 carries, 91 yards, four touchdowns. That's pretty good. Yes, he had the fumble in the Buffalo game. But I think if you had told me after the 49ers game that over the next three weeks, the Patriots would win two out of three, they'd have a shot to beat Buffalo at the end, and these were the numbers Cam Newton would put out, I'd have taken it in a heartbeat. In a heartbeat. And that's what we got. So we talked about Cam. We talked about the offense and the offensive line. We talked about Damian Harris. We mentioned... Jacoby Myers a bit, but I do want to highlight him again. Collinsworth talked about it a lot. I talked about it last week. I've talked about it on a number of different shows. I talked about it with Bob Sochi. Hope you got a chance to listen to that. Bob was kind enough to have me on his podcast late last week. Jacoby Myers and his ability to see things from the quarterback's perspective is so huge. That little short third down conversion at the end of the game Just one example, the route against Marcus Peters that Collinsworth highlighted, another example. Myers and his ability to sort of read things from a quarterback's perspective is critical. But I do want to highlight Nikhil Harry because he was back tonight after a couple weeks off, didn't have a contribution as a receiver. But a lot of times when they went with that crack toss, it was Harry they tasked with throwing the crack block. And he was getting into the minds of some of those Baltimore defenders, linebackers, and defensive backs. His ability as a blocker, that's Nikhil Harris, on this night, was pretty big. Big picture stuff, I'm going to flip to the other side of the ball because this was a tough night in terms of you're facing Lamar Jackson, you're facing a defense that does so many, I excuse me, an offense that does so many different things conceptually. And some guys needed to step up, some guys needed to be in different roles. Kyle Duggar played a huge factor in this game. 12 total tackles, seven of them solo. Hall had another big game as a linebacker, pressed into action because of some injuries, Juwan Bentley and others. 12 total tackles, eight of them solo. Chase Winovich, we saw snap count sort of decline over the past couple of weeks, pick up more recently. They were using him both as an edge rusher and an off-ball linebacker. Seven total tackles. John Simon had a good game. Adrian Phillips had a solid game. The McCourty Twins had great games. And we're going to talk about him in a little bit, but Jonathan Jones, coming back off of his injuries, four tackles, three of them solo, but he might have had perhaps the biggest tackle of this game. We'll talk about that a little bit later. So the great takeaway from this is this. They get a shot. They got a chance. Yeah, you know, they're four and five. It's not where we would have liked them to be. But if you think about that three-week stretch, the loss to the Chiefs and Cam Newton's positive COVID test, the loss to the Broncos when it's like, man, Drew Locke came in here and Albert O came in here and they threw all over us. Yes, I did the whole us, royal, we thing. I know I usually don't do that, but it slipped out. And then the Niners game, where Jimmy Garoppolo comes in and hands 33 on you. In that three-game stretch, it looked like this was over, done, dusted. It led people like me to think, hey, trading deadline's coming. They lose to Buffalo. That's it. It's over. They lose to Buffalo in somewhat heartbreaking fashion. But they don't panic. They don't do what most people, myself included, were probably hoping they would do, which is move some pieces, start thinking about the draft. And maybe that's because we all love the draft so much. Instead, they got to work. And they beat the Jets in an ugly game, but it was a win. But this one was more of a statement kind of win. And now let's look look ahead. Yes, you got Houston. I saw earlier that the Texans are two-and-a-half-point favorites on the early line, maybe because it's a road game. I like their chances because, yes, Deshaun Watson's playing well, but that's a Houston team that is struggling on the defensive side of the ball. And then you get Arizona. That looks to be a tough game. Maybe, look, you see what Arizona did the last two weeks, but now they've got to come east for that one. Then you get the Chargers. Those are three winnable games. Then you've got the trip to L.A. to play the Rams. It's that back-to-back Chargers-Rams-West Coast swing. We'll see how they handle that. The logistics of that trip might be the most fascinating thing Out of all the fascinating things that are coming down this stretch draft, because if you're playing Watson and Kyler, and yes, Justin Herbert, you're going to get two up. And that Dolphins team looks good. Then you get Week 16 home against the Bills. And a couple of weeks ago, it looked like that Week 16 game was going to be for nothing from New England's perspective. Now, now it might mean something. Because thanks to some results around the rest of the league, they're not quite out of it just yet. They are back in this. And it's not where we thought they would be just a couple of weeks ago. And that, friends, out of all the other stuff, is pretty great. Up next, we're going to go through some of these plays. we are gonna talk about some of the good plays, some of the bad plays that I wanted to highlight. That's ahead on episode 150, a glorious victory installment of the Sco Show. Mark Schofield back with you now on episode 150 of the SCO show. Is there a, a gift for 150th anniversary? I don't know. I need to get myself a little something, something. The 150, it's a nice number. Let's talk about the good and the bad from this game. I'm going to spin through some of these plays. Let's talk about the good ones. Um, I'm going to open it up on the opening drive of the game from Baltimore. There are a couple good plays here. Uh, they had a first and 10 toss to the left. Um, I highlighted initially the de- defense back here does a good job setting the edge. And then I looked at the replay, and it's Kyle Duggar. So he was making an impact early. and setting the edge, not something to really expect from an alley safety, but he did a fantastic job on this play. Uh, second 11, you get early pressure from John Simon. Tips, it is nearly intercepted. And then on third down, they try to take the deep shot of the out and up to Brown. Maybe they're trying to do the same thing, get on top early, take advantage of the better conditions. But Jason McCordy right there step for step uh, with Hollywood Brown. So it wasn't quite a three and out because they get a first down on their first play. But it was a good stop from New England's defense. New England's first possession of the game. Uh, A couple good plays. On a second and eight, they ran a little QB read. where Newton kept it to the left side, they showed it off of split zone action. And I loved what they did with Izzo. Used a little sift to an arc block. So it looks like split zone where he comes across the formation. But then he arcs up to the second level. We call that an arc block where you sort of bend around the edge, get to the second level. And if Newton keeps it, Newton, you've now got a lead blocker uh, in front of him, which was a really nice design. Um, So I liked seeing that. Next thing I wanted to mention, Baltimore's second, excuse me, New England's second drive of the game. Um, Baltimore just taking a touchdown. Um, But they answered with a touchdown of their own. Um, Some great plays on that drive. First and 10, they go play action, in cut to Jacoby Myers. This was perhaps Newton's best throw of the night. Velocity, timing, rhythm, placement, checked all those boxes. Um, Then you get a penalty on that as well, uh, lowered in the crown of the tackle. But I thought this was a really good throw. It was one of those moments. When I did um, the QB Factory with Michael Kist a couple days ago, well, about a week ago now, he asked me about the Giants-Eagles game, which just happened, the result of which I won't mention here. Um, but he asked me, look, if there's going to be a throw from Winston you want to see early in a game that shows you he's in rhythm, You know, what would it be and what would you want to see? And I said, look, the band-aid post route, the skinny post route, if once can put that sort of in the good spot, time and rhythm placement, that's what I'd want to see. This is that throw from Cam, that in-cut. When he puts that on the money, I feel better about how his night's going to go. That was a great throw. Uh, Second and seven, the crosser to Izzo. This was a really good play. Um, Good throw. Again, that sort of crossing route. From Izzo, you have Joe Tooney on the pull, sells it. Linebackers dive down, really good job. And then I love the touchdown, the fake jet, Burkhead in the flat. Really nice design there. Tremendous answer from the Patriots offense. Um, Baltimore's third drive of the game. This is where Baltimore had first and goal, and they held them to three. And part of the reason they did that was on second down, Lamar threw it to the flat. And the cavalry was coming, but I'm not sure it would have, it, w- it probably would have stopped the touchdown, but it wouldn't have stopped. They wouldn't have got there in time to prevent, you know, a gain down to say the one or two yard line. John Simon in space makes a tackle on the running back, in the flat, running back tried a variety of moves, you know, the fake hesitation to the outside, then tried to cut inside. Simon wasn't biting on any of it. Tremendous tackle to keep that to a minimal gain. That was a huge play in that moment. Next New England possession, um, it's now 10-7 Baltimore. That third and two, this was a heart-in-your-throat kind of moment. That slow-developing screen where Newton just kind of at the end like lofted it and White caught it behind the line of scrimmage and it looked like even if he catches this, then it's going nowhere and he somehow turns it into a first down. That was a great play from White and a great job by Newton to set that up and to be patient sometimes as a quarterback even when you think you're sort of letting it develop and being slow, you still rush it a bit. Tremendous play there. Uh, first and 10, coming out of the two-minute warning. Power toss, great crack from Harry, like I mentioned. Plus 11. Isaiah Wynn gets in front of it as well, in front of Harris. And then we already talked about it. The the wheel route touchdown uh, from Myers to Burkhead. Um, J.C. Jackson's interception. I didn't mention him earlier. Um, but that interception, you know, stride for stride with the receiver. Number 6 interception on the year. Just a tremendous play because it's 13-10 at that moment, and it looks like Baltimore is going to get at least three. And, yeah, you get the ball coming out of the second half, but you're thinking, man, we could have had the lead at halftime, but now we're going to give it away. Um, Best-case scenario for, for us now is a tie ball game. You feel like you might lose a little momentum going into halftime, but to get the interception, huge play. New England comes out of halftime and just a tremendous, tremendous drive. Um, Harris, big run to the left side. Next play, Harris inside for plus 25. You get the crosser to Myers, another good throw. Get the late hit. Um, out of bounds, great route. That's the one that Collinsworth highlighted on the out route where he sells Peters on the in cut, breaks to the outside. Another great throw. And then first and goal, quarterback power with Cam Newton. Now it's 20-10, to 10 and things are going your way. Uh, Baltimore's next drive, third, third and three. There you go, quarterback power. Great job by Jason McCordy here to give himself up to set the edge. Allows the cavalry to get there. Jonathan Jones runs him out of bounds. This was one good tackle from Jones, not the one I'm going to talk about later, though. Sets up fourth and one, and for whatever reason, Greg Roman has a little bit of a vapor lock situation. Goes wildcat with Mark Ingram, and you get a bad snap from the center. And the center played a big role in this win for New England. Let's just put that out there. Uh, Dave Archibald said that he should get a game ball, and maybe we'll give him one. Um, but I don't know why Ben Solak tweeted, and he also was in the DM saying, how can you take the ball out of Lamar's hand in that moment? Just a, a strange, strange play call. Um, next thing I'm going to mention, we, get, we spin ahead basically to the fourth quarter here, late in the fourth quarter. 23-17, New England on their ninth drive of the game that the conversion on the spot, Jacoby Myers on third and four was huge, and that I loved what Cam Newton did on that sort of naked action. You got a defender in the flat somehow makes him miss, gets close to the first down. That was a huge conversion. And Bailey, the catch and kick on the punt on fourth and seven, the snap wasn't perfect. It was still good in the conditions, but it was a little high. Bailey catches it and gets it off. And then finally the first and 18 play after Baltimore had the Holden on their final drive, they throw the tight end in the flat. Jonathan Jones gets him down in bounds. That right there was the tackle of the game because if he gets out of bounds there, they'd have time to regroup for a second and 15 or, you know, second and 14 play. Uh, but that really sort of put Baltimore behind the eight ball. It was going to be tough for them to come through anyway, you know, but that was a huge play in that moment. um, some of the bad plays to highlight. Michael Owenu gets beaten by Matthew Judon for a sack. Uh, Brandon Thorne, who does offensive line work, tweeted out in the moment. Owenu isn't a tackle. Bad false definitely gets exposed versus quality rushers, especially against a wide nine alignment without help. So Owenu has been fantastic. But like Brandon said, like he's more guard than tackle. Um the Baltimore fly sweep touchdown, John Simon was put in a tough spot. DMC gets cut a little bit. Um, can't get to the edge in time. Uh, tough play. Tough play for those guys, like Conswood said. They get sort of put in a bind. Um, Baltimore's third drive of the game. They have a first and ten play, a check down to the fullback in the flat. You get a flag for the head-to-head from on Hall. You know, guys are moving around fast, I get it, but you hate to see that kind of penalty. Spinning ahead to the second half. Now the Boyle injury... I hope you didn't watch the replay. That's all I'm going to say. Anytime the the opposing team's players are sort of gesturing for help before the guy hits the turf, you know it's a bad injury. But those are just a couple of negative plays I wanted to highlight. Let's revisit the big picture. They're 4-5 and with a chance. And a couple weeks ago, you didn't think that's where they'd be. But they're 4-5 and with a chance right now. Yeah, they're three games behind. Two in the loss common with the Buffalo Bills. They're two games behind Miami. um, But they play both those teams again. they got a game in hand on Miami. And they've got some winnable games coming up. And perhaps most importantly, they've won two straight, and they just won a huge one against the Baltimore Ravens. I think if you would have told yourself, if anybody would have told you a couple weeks ago that, yeah, look, things are dark right now, but in a couple weeks on a Sunday night game, they're going to beat Lamar Jackson and the Ravens. You were taking that on a heartbeat. A couple of weeks ago, things looked bad. It looked like Cam Newton was going to struggle. And if you would have told him, that person that, hey, I know it looks bad now, but in a couple of weeks, you're going to win two straight and Cam's going to go 55 of 75 for 566, one touchdown, no picks, 30 carries from 91 yards and four touchdowns. And if three-game stretch where you win two and almost win the third, you would have taken that on a heartbeat. So, hey, the world isn't ended. Let's talk game balls. Um, we'll give one to the Baltimore center because, look, let's face it, we're, we're feeling a little chesty and a little feisty right now. So we're going to take Dave Archibald's idea, and yeah, we're going to give one to the center. Some other game balls, David Harris for sure as pointed out by Calvin S. in the Scotia Slack channel. Uh, Kyle Duggar is pointed out by Mr Gardella Andy Likens gives a game ball to the weather hey you know what I don't disagree um Jessica Brand says there's a wonderful team victory in the entire offensive line yeah I'd agree with all of these I would agree with all of these take it the a game I give it to Mr Archibald for suggesting that the Raven Center should get a game ball uh, that's a pretty funny comment that put them behind the eight ball on a couple of different drives, not just the fourth and one. So they were driving earlier in that game, earlier in that fourth quarter when you get the you know bad snap. Winovich dives on the loose ball, which I thought they were going to flag uh, for a helmet to helmet hit, but they didn't because he was diving for a loose ball. Uh, so Dave Archibald with the take of the game there. But four and five. Can't remember the last time four and five felt good. But I do sort of want to leave you with this, and I'm not making any one-to-one comparisons or anything like that. Back in that 2001 season, Patriots had another Sunday night game, national audience, against a high-po- high-powered, high-potent offense. Now, they lost that game that night. But they came out of it thinking, look, hey, you know, we could be something special. That night, the Patriots lost 24-17 to the St. Louis Rams to drop to 5-5 on the year. And nobody at that point, outside of that locker room, thought that that team was going to end up winning a Super Bowl. But that's what happened. Now, do I think this team is going to make a Super Bowl run sitting here right now? No. But stranger things have happened. Maybe, just maybe, this is a win that they certainly can build on. So we'll see going forward. Now, you all know that this show has a particular sign-off, talking about blessing the rains down in Foxborough, and sometimes that sign-off seems a little, little too much, and I know that Africa is my thing. It's my brand. I saw a tweet float around this week, and you know, what are you known for on Twitter? And I didn't want to respond to it because it's one of those tweets that makes you sort of like recalibrate things, and I'm like, man, I'm known for like Scrubs Gifts, Total References, and now Cat Pictures. But on a night like tonight, after a game like that, the tagline seems a little, a little too nice, a little too perfect. So I can't help but say it. Wash those hands. Stay, face, stay, stay safe out there. And when you wash those hands, sit along, and perhaps think about this night and bless those Patriots reigns down in Fox.